so random. to the Real and Random Podcast. I am your host, Rashida, aka Randomly Rashida. We left off on part one with Tammy saying, I'll just figure it out. Well, she did figure it out and we're going to continue the conversation today, right now. She's got so much more to share. Uh, Diagnosis, signs, how to listen to your body, how she came up with discovering what she had or what she knew to be cancer. And she has a very pointed message for women of color. That's all on this episode of the Real and Random Podcast. Part two starts now. <laughs> so it ended well, clearly. You're married to Griff. How long have you guys been married? We have been married for a couple of years now. And uh, awesome. although we always joke that it feels longer, right? Because with all of the cancer stuff. It's good. We actually have been commenting since we're in all this COVID crazy. On more than one occasion, we've looked at each other and been like, man, am I glad I'm quarantined with you and not the person prior to you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And if we all are still quarantined 20 years from now, I'll let you know how the heck it's going. (laughs) And are you cancer free today? (laughs) That is always such a good question. It's an interesting question because you just don't ever know. One of the things with cancer that's really confusing. After I had my mastectomies, they were unable to find any additional cancer in my body. So all of my scans come back clean, all of that stuff. And at the same time, they tell you, well, we like to do chemotherapy just in case there's any rogue cells. I declined chemotherapy, radiation, and hormone suppressing therapy because we couldn't find any cancer in my body after the mastectomies anyway. So there was no no baseline. There was no way to say, you've got this and we did that and now it's gone. Mm, So you didn't want to introduce anything new. You had gone through enough and was like, I'm just going to be good with this. Yeah. And so, but you don't know. And metastasis is sneaky. And the type of cancer that I had is very sneaky. The places it comes back are not the same as most cancers. And I had no idea until I was diagnosed that there were so many different types of breast cancer. You kind of pink, October comes every year and you're told that we need to walk for the cure or whatever we need to do. For right. <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> so much more than that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's really eye opening when you get into the middle of it. My medical oncologist and my naturopathic oncologist, because I had both, they both said to me, basically, if you have a dry cough that doesn't go away, if you have bone pain that doesn't go away, if you have like, you know, do your scans and stuff, but you're going to know before we know, basically, is what they told me. We, we just really don't know. Well, because that's kind of everything... scary then, because if you go in oh, and you yeah. do your annual mammogram, you think you're doing the right things and technology fails you. So would you say to someone, get the mammogram and go get like the blood test? What would you recommend? What I would say is listen to your body, because I was 43, so I would not have gotten a mammogram anyway. My nipple had retracted. My breast was slightly smaller, like so subtle that if you weren't me, you probably wouldn't notice, but it had, it had shrunk. Hmm. It wasn't the same as the other one. And it wasn't like it had pulled to one side or was not the same shape. It was just smaller. And then I had a dent in my skin. And this is the thing that really told me I needed to see somebody. But the dent in my skin was also very subtle and I had lost a lot of weight. I was working out a lot. And so I spent a few months thinking to myself, well, I'm 43, lost weight. 
who knows, right? It could be any of these things. And so Google, Dr. Google and I. <laughs> that good old Dr. <laughs> That's right. Dr. Google and I, we had a conversation, a consult, and Dr. Google was like, hmm, you should probably get that looked at because it was nothing like I had been told to look for. There wasn't a redness. There wasn't heat. There wasn't pain. There wasn't a discharge. There wasn't even a lump, right? There was none of that. So I scheduled with a gynecologist and he palpated, right? For anybody who's been through a breast exam, palpated the breast. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't feel anything. And only a man would ask this question. Are you sure your nipple hasn't always been retracted? <laughs> no. Are you seriously trying to mansplain my nipple to me right now? Are you sure your testicles didn't drop? <laughs> And I asked him that, like, seriously, right now, that's the question you're asking me. And he laughed. <laughs> well, he was a great doctor, but it wasn't adding up in his head. And that was really what was happening. And so he's like, okay. And he said, let me try again. And so he was a little more aggressive with the palpation. And he said, I don't know, you know, maybe there's something underneath the nipple, but I'll go ahead and order the mammogram. And I'm also going to go ahead and order an ultrasound. And that way that you don't have to wait. And... So I left his office with the order, called imaging, scheduled for three days later, and that was, you know, three days later, I was told I had cancer and a lot of it, and in the end, it was a stage 3B. So I think back to had I allowed that provider to make me question myself, and had I not advocated for myself, what stage would I have been in when we finally got to the point of taking it seriously. And so I say, listen to your body because your body is going to be telling you. So definitely do yourself checks, but it's so much more than a lump. You really have to pay attention to how you're feeling, how you're looking. And that's the hard part, not to compare COVID to breast cancer, but you get all this information and then you have to process it. And then you have to parse, well, am I being paranoid, this is happening, that's happening. It, you know, every time someone coughs now, it's like, okay, do you have it? You know, oh, yeah. if you feel the pain in your breast, oh my God, do I have it? It gets difficult to understand what, what to look for. It does. And I will tell you, I have very dense breast tissue. So many women have lumps and bumps that are natural. I'll tell you, after I was diagnosed with cancer, I got my first CT scan back and my MRI scan back and I'm panicking. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these lumps and bumps in my body I never knew about. <laughs> a radiologist is like, okay, okay, it's, it's okay. We look at this all the time. Perfectly normal. You're 43. There are going to be things just like you have moles on your skin. There's going to be things. It's fine. We can usually tell what's cancer, what's not cancer, but you do. Like there's this, this panic. So it's really the changing, I think, more than anything, at least for me, right? Like what's new and then paying attention to it. Now, I will tell you as a cancer survivor, anybody who coughs has COVID, just get the heck away from me. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, whip out Lysol out of my holster, spray them down and run. No. <laughs> but, you know, it, you do. And, but really, it comes back to you. I knew something was not right. No matter how hard I had tried to shove it on my brain, it was not right with that breast. Self-checks, definitely. You can always ask if you're concerned. Good dialogue with good providers. If you don't have a good provider, change. If you're not being heard, change. Because one of the challenges, I'll be honest, Rashida, especially with women of color, you're not taken as seriously. And breast cancer for women of color, 
the death rate is so much higher. And hmm. so because we don't you, get information, we don't get checked or we just deny that this is happening. It's the information, communication and access to care. Gotcha. So it is a complicated issue and there are some really great resources. And I say great because we're starting to actually look at it as a health issue, right? As a public health issue that we should not be losing the numbers of women of color that we lose to breast cancer and we should not have this disparity. But again, in America, so many things do come down to money, you know, it, thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is. It's access to care. And when we say access to care, that is a nice way of saying people who have money and good insurance versus people who don't have as good of insurance. But there's also bias. And that's a different issue. So often women are dismissed, their pain isn't taken seriously. And then that is even further exacerbated when it is our women of color. There are a couple different issues that we really, from a systemic perspective, need to address. Now for me, because I knew my grandmother had it, and then I learned this from my aunt, I've gone out and gotten a critical illness policy, and I think a cancer policy as well. If not, the critical illness encompasses that as well. So. That's just extra protection. My aunt had it, and she said, like, when she had to be off work or whatever, then it subsidized mm -hmm. her income. It doesn't take away what you got going on, your diagnosis, but it helps offset, like, your cost of personal expenses and things like that, your time away from work, all the stuff that goes along with it. So I would definitely encourage people to research critical illness policies and cancer policies before you get diagnosed because it'll be cheaper depending on your age and all that good stuff. Absolutely. And medical bankruptcy is the number one cause of bankruptcy. And I hear so many stories from people who do all the right things. They save, they buy their house, they pay it off, they don't have credit card debt, they have retirement, they have right all the right things. And within five months are annihilated from cancer. You look at the expense. I mean, I always joke, man, for a quarter million dollars, you would expect these boobs to, I don't know, have laser <laughs> beams or, right? Like, dude. <laughs> and I didn't do chemotherapy. I didn't do radiation. I didn't do, you look at the bills, the cost of this stuff. And how do you say, well, how do you put a cost or a value to a person's life? I mean, and in, when you're in the middle of it, you're just, you know, make me well. I want to live. Right. But it will annihilate you. So that's really great information. I wish I would have had it. It would have saved me a lot of pain. Oh, yes. The way I build my life is around. I don't have to experience no, to know that I don't want to be a part of that. Like my girlfriends that have boyfriends, I'm like, okay, I don't need to go through like 50 boyfriends to realize I'm not doing that. I can learn vicariously through your mistakes and go, okay, I'm going to avoid that looking guy. <laughs> you know? So when I hear oh, stuff, I, I file it and go, okay, that's useful information. Let me right. like, make a difference. And that's kind of what my podcast is all about. It's about bringing human stories with, because I believe everybody has a story. And I say that all the time, but it's true. And it's information because I feel like today and now is the time to put aside all that stigma and shame, as you talked about earlier, and we can be helpers mm -hmm. of one another, especially women. You know, yeah, we, we have bankruptcies. I've had one. You've had one. I've had a foreclosure. Yep. And it felt bad in the moment because I'm like, I'm me for crying out loud. Like, I do the right thing. Like, how dare this happen to me? But it does. And it's okay. It's what you do with that information and how you come out of it that makes all the difference. Not so much how you got there because it is what it is at that point. You know what I'm saying? And so 
if we get past all the shame of, oh my God, I have this happen to me and share, you, you just said some stuff to me that makes me think, gosh, even if I think I'm doing the right thing because I do get my mammograms, I might want to ask a few more questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. push a little harder because sometimes we don't do that with our doctors we feel like they're the know-it-alls and so we just take what they say and we go but if you know what you know and you feel what you're feeling you need to say no something still isn't right and I don't know how to describe it but we need to check again exactly you really do have to be your own advocate when it comes to healthcare. you just do I always say to people you are the resident expert when it comes to your body you live in it and you have lived in it for however many years you have been on the earth. I love that. So, you know, and it might take finding a different doctor. It might take a second opinion. It might take whatever it is, but you have got to advocate because if your gut is telling you something is not right, you owe it to yourself to follow through with that and not allow someone to plant those seeds of doubt without walking you through the process of saying that, yeah, we've tested, we've done all the things that we could do and it's fine. I think black women... I'm going to say for me anyway, I'm a black woman and my mother bred this into us and I think it's bad, but she was kind of like, I don't want to know. I'd rather just die not knowing. And that's what we do because now I got to figure it out. I'm going to be freaking out and all this other weird stuff. So it's easier to just not know than it is to know, which is not the way it should be, but that's kind of what we do. But you know, and I will say this, especially with cancer, because cancer is a, is a wasting disease. It, it eats you from the inside out, right? Like that's what it does to the body. In this case, it's not as painful and as scary and as hard and just all of the the words you can think about to describe what cancer is and looks like and feels like and the annihilation that comes with it and the rebirth and rediscovery and reclamation that also comes with it. I would rather go through that than waste away, pass away, not knowing if there's something that I could have done to change that path and that trajectory. And I think that really, especially for women of color, kudos to you for advocating for yourself and preparing for anything. But I really would say to all women, listen to yourself and to women of color, if you don't, and actually to all women, if you do not feel you're being heard, ask for another provider, seek out a specialist, get a second opinion. And I know that's also not always easy because again, it comes back to money and finances because that's how our healthcare is in the United States. Right. But you owe it to yourself. Now, why is it that there's so much money being poured into cancer research, billions of dollars? Why haven't we got a cure yet? I'm mind boggled by that. I think that part of it is because we don't know the cause yet. Hmm. Right. And so the other part of it is cancer is complex because it is multiple types of cancer. It's not like a single thing. So when you say cancer research and then you say breast cancer research and then you say, well, are we talking about triple negative? Are we talking about ductal? Are we talking about lobular? Are we talking about infiltrating of those? Are we talking about inflammatory? So see, even within breast cancer and then there's the combinations. Are we talking about estrogen positive, her negative, are we talking about estrogen, progesterone positive? (laughs) And so it gets really complicated. So it's not a one size fits all. (laughs) It is not. And so that's just within breast cancer. And so then you say to yourself, well, what about all these other cancers, right? Cancer is my body being confused. Everybody makes 200 to 300 cancer cells a day. It's a rogue cell. It's a cell that doesn't die. It's a zombie cell that is broken and procreates. It just keeps making more of itself. Hmm. And then it needs fuel. 
And so it seeks out food. It actually is kind of amazing in how it works because it will actually create new vasculature to get to it so that it has sources, it has resources. And so then it feeds itself, which is why I say it's one of those things that it kind of from the inside out, it's robbing you of what you need to live to feed itself. When I think about cancer, my question to myself is what happened within me? And this isn't a shame question. What happened where my immune system allowed this and no longer saw this as the threat that it is to my body? Because we all make those 200 to 300 cancer cells a day. Our immune system, when it is strong and healthy, recognizes them and takes care of it. When you have a cancer patient, something happens where that gets switched and cancer has now tricked the immune system and the immune system says, oh no, that's okay. Those are cells that are supposed to be here and it goes about its merry way. Gotcha. All the research, we get closer with some cancers than other cancers. But even within breast cancer, my cancer is a slow dividing cell, whereas most other cancers are a rapid dividing cell. And so even how you treat that is just starting to really be researched. And you now have specialists who are like, well, let's research this type of cancer. It is a very complicated disease. No doubt. So I can hear that you've accepted it. You've gone through the process. You're where you are. And you've turned that pain into a message by your podcast and the title, your killer, is that all like a nod to the whole cancer thing? <laughs> so my original blog is killer left boob and I blogged my journey from the beginning and that is still out there. So killerleftboob.com and killer left boob was originally, I was going to take that blog and turn it into a book. And then I guess being a child of the eighties, at one point I was like, well, that just sounds just so, I don't know, negative, right? Like that's not where I am anymore, right? Like, well, the boob is gone. So I won, I killed it. It didn't kill me from killer left a boob to a killer life. And that's kind of how I rolled into that. But really the podcast is talking about maximizing and building your killer life, no matter where you are in your diagnosis. And my tagline is that a killer diagnosis doesn't have to kill your passion for life. I don't use the word survivor. I use the word thriver. Survivor or starters means that I'm done and we're never done. Like I can't tell you I'm cancer free, right? Right. Yeah. So I've survived elements of what I've gone through, but I cannot say with certainty, well, I survived that I'm whew, done. Gotcha. <laughs> so I thrive and am alive in the diagnosis that I've had and accept that this is now part of me. And part of that means that I get to walk in friendship with it and not fear it. That doesn't mean I don't have scanxiety. It doesn't mean that I don't get a new mole or an itch in a weird place. And I'm like, oh my God, an itchy elbow. It's, it's got to be the cancer elbow, right? Like, I mean, you still <laughs> have these triggers and PTSD, but it feels better to me to embrace it and walk with it in friendship, knowing it is with me and it is a part of me. If you had to leave parting words for our listeners, what would you say? It doesn't have to necessarily be about cancer, just life in general, lessons learned, things you wish you had told your younger self. Seek your own joy and own the definition of joy for yourself. Ooh, chill. Okay. Let me sip some tea on that one. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just made me sound so smart. Oh, that was profound. That was deep. <laughs> and but it's it so true. true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, it is it's very true. And it's about living your best life. And that's just not a phrase we need to throw around. But you know, it's so funny. When I graduated college, I decided based on what happened to me in my life experience, when I graduated college, I was going to live. And I don't even know where this came from, but I was like, I'm not going to be the type of chick who just works, 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 never goes on vacation, never does anything, never leaves my town. Like I was not doing that. And I committed way back then in 96 that I'm going to see the world. I'm going to be all I can be. And I've committed to that. And I'm so glad I did that because now we can't go anywhere. <laughs> and, and people are like, Dag, I wish I could go. I wish I could do that. I wish I could do this. And we're, we're held by all these restrictions now. And I'm like, I'm so glad I got that all out. So if I never go yeah. anywhere else, I've lived. And if I die today, people can say, that chick lived her whole best life. Now she looked crazy doing it. <laughs> or we thought she was just <laughs> spontaneity of hers. But she lived a full life. And that's what it's all about. Why are we waiting? Yeah. You only oh. have one life. Today could be your last day. So why are we waiting okay. on stuff we can't control? Work what you got and go do it. Exactly. Is it the American dream or your dream? Boom. Right. Like which boxes are you checking off? Are they the boxes that really speak to your soul and your joy and what you want? Or are they a an expectation that has been set and you have been conditioned to accept since birth? Answer that question for yourself. And you did it right, lady. Hey, I'm writing my own story. I, I tell you what, you won't be able to say, oh my God. Mm -mm. <laughs> What's the song? Don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Tammy, I am so excited that you were able to join me today. And I mean, you have dropped like not even nuggets. You dropped some diamonds, some gold Woo! on, yeah, girl, <laughs> on all <laughs> things like living your life, you know, letting go of dead weight and negativity and just thriving. I like your word. Thrive. Yeah. Don't survive. Go thrive. Be all you Amen. can be. So girl, yeah. you had a message within a message within a message. <laughs> well, <laughs> and thank I love you for it. having me. I have enjoyed it and I love your podcast. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And again, her name is Tammy Wilford and her podcast is Your Killer Life. You got to check it out. She's funny. She's witty and she keeps it real. And you know, I like a real girl. So there it is. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tammy. And I look forward to more episodes of your podcast because I definitely will be tuning in. Same here. Thank you. I am so glad that we were able to have this conversation. It was a, a tough conversation, but a conversation that needed to be had. And I'm thankful that Tammy was able to share those deep personal sides of her story from diagnosis to husband ghosting her finding the new love of her life, and then turning all that into a passion project called Your Killer Life. So I hope that if nothing else, you've taken away from this episode that life is short, life is precious, and it's meant for the living. So go live. You're listening to The Real and Random Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Rashida, aka Randomly Rashida, and you can catch us Every Thursday, we drop new episodes on any podcast vehicle that you choose. We have iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify and more. As I always say, your best and brightest days are ahead. This is Rashida, aka Randomly Rashida, and this has been The Real and Random Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and leave reviews and comments because we as podcasters, we like that sort of stuff. And I will catch you on the flip side. That's so random. Oh,